The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Habs and Minded. As you can hear, it's not one of the usual hosts, and that is because it is me, Anton Rossegard, who is hosting this podcast. Uh, in regards to Matthias Norlinder signing his entry-level contract with Montreal yesterday, we are recording this as of Friday afternoon. And when we are talking European prospects and uh, Matthias Norlinder, there is no better expert than our very own Patrick Bexel. So uh, I'm asking you, Patrick, yeah, how are you feeling on a day like this? Uh, well, uh, schools, uh, I have a week left of school, of teaching, and uh, grades have been set, and uh, it's 22 degrees, so I cannot really complain. But in regards to hockey, it's playoff hockey tonight, and uh, obviously the big news was Matthias Norlinder yesterday, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. Does it feel like, you know, a child leaving the nest, kind of, when a European prospect gets signed to an entry-level contract? Not really. It's more when they play their first game. Uh, I think that's when you really feel it. Or, or uh, a first step is it's like when you get accepted. We, I would assume because I don't have any kids myself, but maybe you you know the letter from from being accepted to university comes as a parent, um, and and they get accepted and they might leave the nest. That that's how you feel. But until they play their first game in Laval or or, or in, in Montreal, you don't really consider it that way. You. That's 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 when they really have left the nest and and they're on their own two feet and uh, hope you, you're always excited. I can tell you when when uh, uh, Lucas Vedemo scored his first goal, I texted him directly and, and wished him well and and uh, you get a sort of a reply because you built up the sort of report with the, with the kids. But yeah, no, it's I think it's I think it's great. I'm I'm excited. Uh, I'm not sure Matthias Norlinder was excited because they're running after Drage Bakken in in. Uh, an old ski jumping hill in, in, in Gothenburg uh, today. So, yeah, uh, he was just laughing when I reminded him of it. And uh, I'm not sure it was uh, tears of joy directly. No, we have to remember, as you say, Ferlunda has insane workouts during the off-season. And especially, I think, during this off-season, because nor- the playoffs this year didn't end the way for Ferlunda would have wanted, right? No, partly that, but but every team has their off-season training starting now, uh, or, or Frelunda has has had it longer. But but most of the teams came back this week, started pushing really. Frelunda has worked, I think it's two weeks already, because they were not happy with with how it's going. It's also a way of getting the the um, new players integrated into the squad. Uh, so there's that, and then obviously yeah. Um, you, you have everything lined up because you, you do the dirty work now. You build up your muscle, you build up your core, you build up your 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 upper body strength and or, or leg strength, depending on what you need to work on. And then you get like in August when they come back, early August, late June, uh, July. Uh, that's preseason training because obviously 
SHL starts on the 15th of, of uh, September, normally around that day. And uh, then CHL has two to four games before that Champions Hockey League, that is. Yeah, exactly. So the season is kind of coming earlier and earlier. It's funny, though, that you mentioned new players in Frölunda because we have a, a defenseman in, in Frölunda for the upcoming season who Matthias will be able to uh, to ask for questions when it comes to Montreal and the Montreal area. Christian Folina signed a three-year deal with uh, Frölunda as of yeah. Yeah, just so, a few weeks. Swedish champion, Christian Folina, as well. Swedish so. champion, yeah. So he won the title with Vecco this year. I think uh, the the plan from from what I have read between the lines is to have Norlinder Folin uh, as the first pairing in Frölunda. Um, you can say what you want. Barely a, a, a NHL player. He's played in NHL. He got the experience. Uh, Two hundred and forty games actually. Yeah, and and also re- let's remember Matthias Norlinder has played with uh, Toby Enstrom with what eight hundred games in, in NHL. Yeah. So so there is. You know, he has this experienced players that can show him and, and, and help him with different things. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I know that he's going to go over to, to, I'm not sure he's going to rookie or development camp, but he's definitely going to rookie camp. That's, that's my understanding. Uh, and then obviously, uh, we never know what can happen there. For, for me, I've gotten a lot of questions about this and, and, um, there are two things in this. First and foremost, as you mentioned, Frelanda's core strength and, and, and off-season training is insane. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin said when he came to Buffalo, it was nothing like in Frelanda. It was so much easier. Uh, Vedemo has said this as well, that you know the Swedish off-season training is much tougher in many ways than, than the Laval was. And uh, you have this thing that... that so, obviously... Norlinder will hit the ground running when he comes over for rookie camp and develop and 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 uh, uh, the real camp in Montreal um, in 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 September October. So so there first and foremost we have to remember that. Then the second thing that we have to remember that might open a chance for Norlinder to play in, in NHL already next year or next season is the fact that Montreal might very well lose one defender in the expansion draft. And, and have Norlinder on that spot already now. We don't know that, but, but that could definitely happen. What we do know is that if he doesn't make the big team, he has to be offered back to Frelunda for a, uh, as a first refusal in a way uh, before he can play in Laval. Um, that is obviously a discussion between Montreal, Norlinder and then Frelunda in many ways. What will happen and, and what can be be known? I know um, Fernandez, general manager, is was very cautious about it. And I quote from from an article from Johan Rolander, who's a is a colleague of mine here in Sweden in, in at Jutebosch Boston, very good journalist. He's a friend of Ice on the Price, and uh, uh, the the GM uh, Fredrik Kjellström is. Um, hoping to keep Matthias Norlinder in Frelanda next year. Um, and he, he just mentions that before I sp- spoke into Montreal, it's uh, a tough decision to, 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 or to judge the risk of losing Matthias. But uh, right now we're, we're counting on Matthias to come back. 
uh, Frelimo has an experience with this. In 2015, I think it was, Matthias Johnmark left for the Stars camp and Frelimo was counting on him to come back and, and in a way uh, no, that no one expected, not even in, in the Stars organization, really, uh, they expected Johnmark to stand out. But he came full of confidence, having practiced almost two months, and he made the team. So there is a big opportunity for Matias, especially if, if, if Montreal loses a defender into to, uh, Seattle in the expansion draft. Yeah, as you say, the, it's going to be an exciting summer, um, especially for uh, we see the youngsters in Montreal right now make an impact during the playoffs. And just knowing that we have several more uh, youngsters coming up is just a testament to the way that Montreal has been drafting in the last few years. It's been more consistently uh, well-produced draft prospects um, and the fact that you can kind of see them develop through the years. Uh, we, you, I should say, uh, made a heads-up move here before the podcast and you actually put out on Twitter um, asking uh, the general public of Eyes on the Price if they had any questions about Matthias Norlander and him signing uh, his entry-level deal. So we are going to do a kind of a Q&A here uh, and just go through the questions that we've received. Um, some of them kind of have been answered already, but we're going to go through them anyway. So let's start from the top here. Uh, a guy called Paul Airoldi uh, is asking how close Matthias Norlander is to the NHL uh, at the current moment and what are his strengths and weaknesses? Also, if we can give some kind of a comparison player-wise. Uh, his strength is obviously the offensive game, but I will have to say his defensive game is massively underrated by fans having seen the highlight reels in his uh, uh, on, on for, for me on Twitter or on someone else on Twitter or, or on different other media outlets, uh, his defensive game is is very very strong. Uh, there are still some things to work on. Um, controlling the gap, as an example, is is one thing I think he needs to work on a little bit. But he can use his speed. He can use his agility. And he can use his power to, to actually play a very, very strong defensive game. And, and I think it's been overlooked in many ways, much in the way that many overlook the player. I, I sort of compare him to a, a slower developed Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, same kind of dangles, same kind of underrated defensive uh, play. Uh, and... and it's something that Roger Runberg and Christopher Naslund always points out when you talk to them. Matthias Nolander is a defender and, and he prides himself of being a defender that can play defense, not just offense and not just showing the highlight wheel dangles, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, and, and that's the big step that I thought he actually took in the playoffs as well. Obviously there were, I, I pointed out some some glaring mistakes, but that was when they were four 0 down and chasing games. When the games were tied, Matthias Norlander stood tall and 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 actually played defense quite well. Especially when you match him with a little bit more maybe defensive minded player like Folin, uh, like uh, Jens Olsson. I think it was in in Frölunda compared to when he played with Jonathan Sigalet, that was a little bit more offensive minded. Uh, let's remember that in the World Junior Championships when he played, uh, 
he took over the defensive responsibilities for for Rasmus, for Rasmus Sandin when he got injured in the playoffs and Norlander only played defense. So obviously coaches see that he can play defense as well. Uh, and then I think that is very, very good. He himself knows that he has to put on a couple of kilos, most likely core and legs in order to, to really be able to balance and, and stand fat, stand tall, stand, stand uh, keep his placement around the net. Because I think that is that is probably a weakness as well. How close is he to is he to the NHL at at current moment? Well, as I said, it 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 really starts. The question starts with who will Montreal lose in the expansion draft, and and uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, like I'm I'm not surprised if he grabs a spot along Romanov on the third pairing in in, in next fall. Or this upcoming fall, but I think he will go back to Sweden. Yeah, I was going to say if there's something we have learned with Matthias Norlander since he was drafted in the summer of 2019 is that no no step has really been too big for him. So at this point, we maybe shouldn't be surprised if he actually makes the leap. But I think just from an amateur scouting per- perspective, because you're much more of a pro than I am, uh, that he could benefit from another year in, in Sweden and just work with Roger Renberg and just take it slow for another year and then come over more loaded for uh, for NHL duty next season. We're going to uh, continue on here. Uh, we have a question from at Rich Moose, who um, is asking when Matthias says that he's going back, but it depends on what is being said after the rookie camp. Do you think he can be convinced to remain in Laval or is it just Habs or, or Sweden as the only options? I think he wants to go back to Sweden. He it's uh, the translation I made from Matthias text might not be the best. And I think Jared sort of adjusted it a little bit as well, but, but between the lines, uh, it seems more Sweden than than Laval and and play top line minutes and arguably one of the top five teams maybe in Europe when you count KHL as well um, and be ready to make the jump without playing in in AHL I think that is his main goal Uh, similar to Romanov similar to Lekkonen uh, similar to Janmark similar to to Kotkaniemi as well Uh, so I think that is is, um, his own thought process and even if Faristad is really building up a powerhouse, I think Ferdinand wants to have revenge to, to be able to um, challenge for, for, for the trophy next year. And Matthias wants to be part of a deep playoff run. We are continuing on here. Um, at FO4 underline Fabio is wondering about Matthias Nolinder playing or possibly on the right side. Uh, since Montreal have has a lot of uh, left-handed uh, defensive prospects, is it possible that Norlander carves out uh, a spot on the right side for the Canadians in the future? I, it, it seems that we have uh, Jonas Brodin, is it in, in the wild that plays on his offside? And I think that you know you can be done, and, and players have done it. I mean, Romanov has obviously played a lot exactly. of, yeah. of, of right wing as, uh, or, or right defense as well. Uh, it all depends on the coach and how that he sees. Uh, the opportunities, but but yeah, it's a chance, and uh, especially on the power play, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And it also comes down to, uh, as you say, like uh, both deployment and how you can, if you have two left-handed defensemen, if you can kind of like mix and match them, it would be interesting. I mean, it would be really fascinating to just see a more defensively skilled player like Romanov being paired with Norlinder just in the future. But, you know, that's still a few years, maybe down the down the, yeah, down the line. We don't know. Um, Simon Jansson, 15, wants us to address uh, Matthias Norlinder's international play um, and how he has looked in the international games. Yeah, he hasn't really played any international games on senior level. He's played with, uh, with in the preseason games against Denmark uh, or, or pre-World Cup games, World Championship games uh, in Denmark or versus Denmark. And he looked all right. Um, uh, obviously, they should have kept him because Sweden lost to Denmark in the World Championships. But... But yeah, he's looked all right, and and he has played a defensive first kind of approach at those at that level. And it seems to me that he he normally does that the first games when he comes into a new team or or, or something like that. And and people forget, as I mentioned, his defensive strength in many ways. And uh, uh, going back to his World Juniors campaign, he he took over from Rasmus Sandin, as I said, playing defensively. That's what he was used for. Uh, and he can take that role much better than, than many things. And obviously, uh, we see with someone like Eric Gustafsson, who is in Montreal at the moment, uh, no disrespect to Eric Gustafsson, but you have to have that defensive play as well. You can't just be a point producer, right? You have to be reliable, as especially as a last man standing on, on a power play, for example. So it's, it's nice to hear that you're confident in his defensive ability as well. Um, at SJD, underline the creator, is asking uh, what you can confidently project Matthias Norlinder to be in the lineup for the Habs and what's a realistic ceiling for him when it comes to both pairing and points projection and if he could be a power play quarterback of the future. Uh, he could definitely be a power play quarterback. Uh, that's his role in Frilanda in the playoffs. Uh, that was his. Uh, that will be his role on the power play of Frilanda, I think comes back over to Sweden. It will be an improved power play as well uh, with with uh, Ryan Lash coming back to, to Gothenburg and, and uh, playing for arguably his favorite team in, in Europe. Um, very, very skilled power play forward. And uh, that the controls... The Cold Caulfield, right? Yeah, a little bit like that. A little bit more of a... Uh, of a passer than, than a sniper maybe, but, but he is there and he is... Um, he can deliver some very good passes for Matthias. Matthias has been the player that has passed more often than shoot. And I think that is, is something that he is addressing himself. And Ryan Lash can help him address that and create that space where it is really beneficial for Matthias to, to shoot. Uh, he has a very good wrister. He has a very good slap shot. And, and he can place it very, very well. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he comes back and, and starts... Um, really producing on the power play in that regard. Um, I see him as a top four defender. You want to play him that way. He, as I said, I, I'm not. I'm quite confident in his defensive play. Um, if you can play Rasmus Dahlin in, in that role, why shouldn't you be able to play Matthias Norlinder, who has developed a little bit slower, but, but has the same kind of skills? Of course, he's not going to be, you know, all defensive like maybe Shea Weber, but he will be... A, a good defender with an offensive upside. You pair him maybe with Shea Weber, 
you pair him with with someone that can con- help him control and cover that bit up and and as long as the dialogue is good because we saw that with Jonathan Sigalet when they could communicate better with Jens Olsen or, or as I imagine Christian Pauline in the in the future uh, then Norlinder is more confident and he plays better defense as well uh, he needs to know when the other other defender goes up and and understand what's going to happen and I think that is that is very very something that Roger Renberg is working on as well he mentioned in a podcast earlier that is attached to this article that he, he's trying to to teach Matthias Norlander to play poker in order to know when to step up and, and go forward and when to stay back and and, and let the other defender go forward. Uh, speaking of, uh, you know, making high skill plays and, and moving up, uh, you know, through the zones and everything, um, at fake uh, underline ch underline facts is asking if you think the high skill plays that Norlinder makes at the SHL Alsmanskan level can be repeatable at the NHL level, like uh, Kale McCarr, for example? I think it can, definitely. Uh, will he get the opportunity? That is the, I mean, he can create space with his skating, he can create space with his, with his stick and, and his stick handling. Uh, but will he get the opportunity? It's all down to the coach as well to play him in that role. And uh, the coach might just say, you know, you're not, you're going to be defense first and, and, and that is, you know, uh, what what you have to do. And uh, he doesn't. I mean, if the coach doesn't give him the leeway and and bench him at the first instance, then obviously you're going to see less of them. But if the coach is confident in him, yeah, you will see those plays as well. I and mean, less, we, we, yeah. we we saw Shea Weber coming on a breakaway the other the other night. So yeah, well. but that that doesn't happen very often, though. No, but you could you. You could see him maybe in the same kind of, of offensive play as as PK Subban, uh, uh, stepping up and 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 in joining the the circle. And I think that yeah. is what what Montreal needs sometimes to be able to control play a little bit better. Yeah, especially have someone who can just break the uh, break the monotony. Kind of like if if you have just two guys who can stop at the well i mean montreal has a lot of size now on the back end and they have a lot of, they really have no one except for jeff petrie who can just come on the off the rush and just produce offensively so it would just be interesting to see them deploy norlinder in a role that fits his strengths instead of trying to trying to make him something which he is well, I mean, I wouldn't say less suited, but it would just be, you know, taking away a couple of his talents. It would be like, you know, telling Cole Caulfield, Cole Caulfield putting him in a checking role. That would just be not very good coaching. And I hope that if Duchamp stays or whoever comes in, that they just, they believe in the young guys and believe that they are allowed to make mistakes. Kind of like a Roger Runberg does in Frölunda. Indeed. And, and I think it all comes down to that. And we've seen a little bit of, of Ducharme actually making those kind of or letting players use those uh, make those kind of, of, of mistakes and and if mm. if he continues to do that and I think you know and you might ask him not to do it maybe as often in the playoffs but but over an 82 game season sure yeah, it's interesting what you said as well. I mean, we have to remember just a couple of weeks ago that we were kind of, well, the Montreal community in general was kind of bashing on Duchamp for for just uh, putting the younger guys in, in the box for the first playoff game. 
And here we are now, like maybe, maybe they actually benefited from, we don't know, maybe they would have been as good playing in the first game, but maybe it was good for them just to sit on the side for a couple of games or in Kotkaniemi's case in one game and just come into, you know, the tempo after, you know, when the team was already kind of oiled up. Um, we see the young guys kind of, you know, being, being the carriers here for Montreal. Indeed. We're going to continue on with uh, our last question for now. Uh, it's from at J Hendricks, uh, JP Hendricks, 41, uh, who's asking if his uh, defensive tool properly, um, if, it, if it can properly evolve alongside his offensive gifts in the NHL, or do you think he mostly will be a power play specialist? It's kind of what we've been talking about already. Yeah, we, we, I think we've addressed that already. But but uh, yeah. so I hope he's happy with the with the answers he's gotten. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, we're gonna wrap. Otherwise, yeah, we're, just, uh, otherwise, just hit me up on Twitter and I'll ask him again. Or yeah, exactly, exactly. I was gonna say if you have any more questions surrounding European prospects, Matthias Norlander, or just you know the Canadians in general, just um, Patrick's um, Patrick's uh, Twitter handle is at zeb underscore habs. Just write him whenever he's on there all the time. I don't have Twitter, so I can't reply. But uh, we're going to wrap it up for now. And um, this was uh, a special episode of Absent Minded. Uh, we wish wish you all, um, you know, a continue safe uh, weekend. And um, I wish you, Patrick, a, a good weekend as well. And yeah. we'll go see Habs, you go! Next- yeah, we'll see you on the next time in Absent Minded. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.